I see somebody that don't care about that COVID-19. I see somebody say, God is able. <laughs> God is able. And just like COVID-19 told Dorothy Norwood, keep your keep my name out your mouth. This <laughs> is another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. And we are your favorite friendly neighborhood Casa Negroes. I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian here. And we are here for another edition of this show where we talk about all the things, but particularly we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pump of circumstance of being black millennials trying to figure it out. Brian, yes. how are you today, brother? It's Man, I'm wonderful. It's always a great day to be black, man. How about Boy, yourself? Is, I am doing excellent. I'm a little tired and weary in my well-doing, but I am I am just fine. None the less. What's been going on your way? Man, really just trying to get you know life back in order. I, know, I think what I said before um, uh, that uh, we had our kitchen done, so we had to move all something from uh, bottom level of the house. So mm. you can probably see behind me clearly everything is is being unpacked and reorganized and stuff like that. So it's a mess. My house is the same way because we're moving. Shut up, Amanda. There are boxes. Whoa, we're moving. Moving on up to the east side. Well, we're not the east side. We're the west. We're going west. Side? We're going further west. Okay. <laughs> um, but I get it. A thousand and one hundred percent. Um, question: Did you listen to Ari Lennox's new album? I, I didn't. I didn't even know it had come out until like recently. Brian. <laughs> so you knew John Legend released a new album, but you didn't know Ari Lennox, and you love Ari Lennox. No, nah, I felt, yeah, cause I, felt, I saw that she had a single out, but I, I had been over the weekend. I was just really, uh, I did a lot of uh, traveling, but and then um, I was scrolling, and I saw J- Jasmine. I don't follow Ari Lennox on on Instagram. Uh, uh, okay, I follow Jasmine Sullivan, and then I saw there was a single with Jasmine Sullivan and John Legend. I was like, oh. Let me check that out. And then I realized, oh, John Legend has an album that was out. And then I think we had a conversation about it. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, John Legend, I would have known that. But I, I didn't realize that. I thought she, I knew she had like a single coming out or something like that. But I didn't know when it was. So I, ain't, I ain't really checked for it. But uh, yeah, I haven't heard it yet. Solid body of work. Right. She's for good. Though, for those who say <laughs> gospel music has gone too far. You think we got too radical with our message. You ain't right. heard Ari Lennox yet because R&B is not dead. I know mm. none of that made sense. But right. that's how I feel about it because right. you got the Diddy. Side note, did you see Diddy out here doing God's work? He's hiring um, <laughs> he's out here hiring people for this new project called God's Work. Oh, okay. What is he? What are they doing? I don't know. He just said that the Lord revealed his mission to him, and one of him, and one side of it is to save the black race. Okay. And the other part, here's part two of the mission. You ready? Mm-hmm. Is to make sure that regardless of color and creed, we all get the same twenty four hours. I don't know what that means. I, I feel like we already have one of the same. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna let Dita speak for himself. Okay, that's okay. what I'm gonna do. Uh, because I don't want I don't want to be out here misquoting. Uh, Buddy Love. Could then he change his name to Buddy Love or something? <laughs> it's uh brother brother love. Buddy brother. Love is <laughs> well. This is this is what Brother Love said. Hold on. That ain't what he said. And so it's here's just what he said. Years ago, God made my mission and my purpose clear. 
And my mission and my purpose is to do whatever and play whatever role that I have to play into saving the black race, number one. And number two, to making sure that everybody of all colors, all backgrounds, all creeds, all nationalities, all get this. We all get the same 24 hours, not just one race, not just another race, not just one gender, not another. We all get the same 24 hours. But I'm fighting this fight. And to other people, it's an impossible. It's not impossible. It's going to happen. We're going to make progress and change the world. But I can't do it alone. And I know there's people that feel just like me that are out there that are talented, that's probably working for Google or Nike or working for bigger corporations that have a track record and have an experience at the level that I'm playing that. I'm not coming to just compete. I'm coming to win. I'm going to fucking buy Disney for us. Okay? So if you are one of these unicorn executives, please send me your resumes and your portfolios to God's work. Because I'm doing God's work. You're doing God's work. God's work at ComesGlobal.com. I'm doing the biggest human resources investment from the top level for CMOs to COOs to general managers, down to creative directors, down to creative producers. The list is so long. Fashion designers, below is the list. Please, please, God told me to ask y'all for help. I need your help. I need your help. I can't do it alone. I'm overwhelmed. I'm going crazy. I need talented people around me, the greatest around me. God, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, please to send me some like-minded, like-frequency individuals that want to change this world. Love, please. Love, y'all. So that's what Buddy Love is doing. And it gives me... It gives me Kanye West. Mm-hmm. It gives me. I'm actually deeply concerned for Sean yeah. Combs. I none of that sounds healthy. Yeah, it was real rambly, uh, <laughs> and it was just like, okay, all right, uh, you know, that's weird. Uh, but what is it that he's going to do? I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, he said, "Send me your resumes," and um, but what is he hiring for? God's work, have, right? And then what the whole it? thing of like, we want to make sure everybody gets the same twenty four hours. Are you saying like, you know, that certain people have more freedom of time? Like, what are we trying to get here? Like, I don't know, but I am deeply concerned. Save the black race. I'm I'm down for saving black people. Um, but just what does that acting mean? What does that mean? <laughs> and are we talking about American blacks or just world blacks? Like, what is it? Does he know how much Disney's worth? Right. <laughs> Disney, and I don't know if Disney's up for sale unless something <laughs> happens. He might, he might be prophetic, and Disney might have a a, a crazy collapse. Brian, but um, Brian, I don't know. I, I don't know. want any justification to that. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Love is not prophetic. Okay. Yes, anyway, um, song of the week is here. Okay, and uh, I don't know that it's in theme with anything. I just really like this song. Okay. And I'm going to pull a Brian Allen hair. Okay. And not sing or perform it. Um, because I feel like, I feel like it. And that's my business. It's okay. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. But here we go. Um, let me see. Is this person? No. I don't think this person is from California. I don't think so. Um, okay. <laughs> I thought that they was for a minute. I had to rethink. And I was like, nah, they're not. But anyway, I mean, here we go. 
Is that the Chris Brown version? The Chloe no, version? No, that was the She-Mix version with Chloe. Oh, the She-Mix with Chloe, okay. Whew. Chloe snapped, too. She snapped. Chloe snapped. Um, Chris Brown version is good. So that is um, Gallus by Capella Gray. He has yes. a whole like Lyric Genius video on YouTube if you want to figure out what Gallus means. It pretty much means like I'm I'm that nigga and I run the streets. And mm-hmm. you know, I kind of I just vibe out wherever I want to vibe out and kind of do what I want. Um, mm-hmm. But with so, that being said, song, I just do it and accept it. Yes, an excellent song. This is an excellent song. He has a couple of others. He got a song with Ty Dolla Sign that's actually really good too. Hmm. Um, he gives me Ty Dolla Sign vibes, so I felt like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it right here, like I've said it before. But I'm gonna add something to it. Nate Dogg walk so that Ty Dolla Sign can run, so mm-hmm. now that Capella Gray can sprint. Okay, I think that's. Just- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Now I'm not saying that Capella's gonna be bigger than both of them, but I feel like that's the lane he's in. Okay. Nate Dog laid the, he laid the foundation, made the what more can he do? Right? What he more? Laid the foundation. Open up the way. Open up the way. What <laughs> what more can what, he do? What more? Go ahead, let's can go, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what more? Yeah. Can he do? Uh-huh. You know he laid the foundation. What else he do? Open up the way. Oh, what yes. more? What more? Can he do? Yes, Woo. that's not good. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I'm make G Patterson one of the uh, the song of the week one of these days. Oh, so we can we can you can have him always, <laughs> always, always down for Gilbert Earl. Gilbert Patterson, Earl Patterson. Bishop Gilbert. Now that is a black strong you, black name. It is. Do you know the? Do you remember the PO Box? Ain't it PO Box one? Uh huh. <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee. I don't remember the uh, the zip code, but I remember I remember that. <laughs> Is it three nine one zero one? That might not be right. Something like matter of fact, let me just let's just do this real quick for the people might not know. Okay. <laughs> for the people might not know. I want us to worship the Lord. I want her. Yes. Hold on. Well, that's the intro. That's the intro. The that's bar- is that Barbara Seiko. What is her name? <laughs> Seiko. <laughs> Barbara Seiko. Here go one. Wave your programs. If you got your programs at home, wave them right now. <laughs> All my coaching babies, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Never forget. Huh? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I, just, I want to fast forward to the end. Yeah. Hold on. How can I put that? Bob, you don't know the verse. <laughs> Read your plan. That's right. How we brought me out with your mighty outstretched hand. You broke the band of sin. And you set me free. Gave me joy and peace and victory. Oh, Jesus, I'll never forget. Yes, Lord. That feels good. Let me go to the end. I hope you're sitting by somebody you love. I hope it's everybody. Start loving them now. <laughs> Tell them, neighbor, don't you ever forget <laughs> where the Lord brought you from. 
Reverend, that's guitar. The, Reverend, that's the sound of the church. It is. Ooh, ooh. Gilbert Earl Patterson. G.E. Patterson. That's Gilbert Earl Patterson. That's Gilbert Earl Patterson. P.O. Box 1, Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, my God. Do y'all see the new island? We can go from, from the gallus <laughs> down to the pulpit. Listen. listen, God understands. As you listen to this episode, you understand more, too. Um, all mm-hmm. right. Now, with that being said, understood and accepted. Brian, are you ready to go down into the Blessed Report and shout out some, um, some black people doing great black things? So ready. Let's get into it. All right, we're here at the Blessed Report where we shout out black folks doing great black things. And as always, you know, black history is always it's just happening. We're just doing things. We got to shout out black folks. Or well, I also love we always love to shout out a black woman doing great black things. Uh, so we're going to shout out Kiari Imani. And uh, you'll say why this is you hear why this part later on in the show. Therapy isn't for white people, isn't only for white people, right? Therapy just isn't just for white people, right? That's the name of the book. She don't kill me later for that. Um, <laughs> is a brilliant memoir chronicling Imani's compelling journey to understand the racial trauma experienced by many black people in America and the underlying effect it has on black mental health. Through therapy, Imani was uh, introduced to the concept of racial trauma and discovered how her own unrecognized racial trauma affected her mental health, self-image, and worldview. So please check out uh, and visit kiaraimani.com. That's K-I-A-R-A-I-M-A-N-I.com. Like, that's, a, that's a good, strong black name. Uh uh, <laughs> uh, to check out the book, and we are super excited. Um, I'll tell you about why we're later excited about that book. Um, Joshua, yeah. Um, last week we had a clear rest up report. Oh yes, we did. But this week, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I know what happened. God <laughs> let the death angel loose. <laughs> And snatched up one of our R&B legends. Go ahead. <laughs> and we also lost a um a hip hop uh, a hippity hippity hop person. Yeah, we did. We, we did. did. Um. So I'm gonna talk about the hippity hop person first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. You know, because that's the kids call it these days. I guess I don't know. Uh, I I had never heard of the gentleman. I'm so sorry. Sorry to I, that. Let man. me tell you this. I hadn't heard of him until the Shade Room posted his music. And I said, Oh, I know these songs. Mm-hmm. So that made me more, that made me feel hip and relevant again. Okay. I, knew, I knew the songs. I just didn't know who was singing them. Right. But I knew them songs. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Rakim, here goes. You ready for this? Oh, yes. Rakim mm-hmm. Hashim mm-hmm. Allen. Hotep. Strong black. <laughs> His parents were a whole temper. Do you Better known by his stage name, PMB Rock, was an American rapper, singer, and songwriter from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Philly, right? Uh, he was best known for his single Selfish in 2016, which peaked at number 51 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, as well as his feature on the song Cross Me by Ed Sheeran, alongside Chance the Rapper, which I'm pretty sure you're aware of that song, because Chance being your, you know, your spiritual son. Yes. Um... He also provided unaccredited vocals on XX uh, who also went on to be with the Lord. Uh, hit single changes, which reached the top twenty on the same chart. Uh, he was released. Uh, he released two studio albums, Catch These Vibes and Trap Star Turned Pop Star. Uh, the latter, which peaked 
within the top five on the Billboard 200 chart. Allen was chosen as part of the 2017 Double XL freshman class. Unfortunately, uh, he was um, taken out by gun violence uh, in the city of Los Angeles. My God. So rest up to Rakim Hashim Allen, better known as PMB Rock. Um, another so R&B, right? R we love the R&B here on Joshua. Yes, we do. Again, we for do. those who love R&B, check out our episode uh Baby I'm Begging, mm-hmm. one of our favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh if you've never heard it, it's probably one of the it's in our top 5, top 3, top 2, top 1 episodes we've done as far as numbers. Um go out there and check that out. Yeah. Um but we lost Jesse Powell. My god. Uh, my lord. My god. An American R&B soul singer songwriter who was discovered by Lou Silas Jr. Powell was best known for his hit "You." Ooh, which baby, be- it's you. The way you talk, the way you talk, the way you say my name, the way you move, the way you soothe me, the way you sweet talk. I'm, I'm, my, I'm. I'm not in good yeah. voice this morning. I but, um, just want to be your Yeah, nothing it out. From this day forward. Yes. <laughs> Give it church. <laughs> Give it church. That's all I got. I got to build it out like that because I ain't got much voice. It's trying to come back and it's the devil trying to take it away from him again. But back to power. Back to right. power. Uh, just uh, so- that wonderful song, that rendition that Josh gave us. Um, <laughs> Peaked at number two on the R&B and number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. So, you know, that was a good song. That was a song. Um, Powell released four albums. Jesus, I only know one. Wouldn't have known any of them. <laughs> None of those things. I just know you. That's all I know. Uh, oh, and then the other one. I wouldn't wit it, wit it. I wouldn't hit it, hit it. I wouldn't cheat on you. I remember that one. But other than that, I don't know. That's from else. Jesse Powell? Yeah. What is that it? was on the same album. That was just one one oh. song. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. oh, okay. Um. Brother Powell released four albums and was <laughs> the Powell. older brother of fellow contemporary R&B singers, singers Trina and Tamara Powell. Okay. I don't know them. I, all right. Well, I don't know them. Um, Powell was credited uh, with a four octave vocal range. The man stayed in the Raptors. Uh, Jesse released four albums between 1996 and 2003, according to All Music. And his second album called Bout It. All right, was certified gold um, by the Recording Industry Association of America. So it's RIAA for those that don't know. Mm-hmm. In 1999, on July 1st, Jesse released a single titled Addison Walker on Spotify, an instrumental that track that runs about 58 seconds long. Wow. I'm just, I'm going through. I, <laughs> sorry to this man. I just, we didn't know after you, stories. I just. You know, but listen, uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But rest up, rest up, rest up to that this brother. Um, I'll play. I'll be playing you today. Yes, I played you leaving the gym today, and I was in that car just singing in my best falsetto. And <laughs> <laughs> my while my boy's gone nuts. I was trying to belt it out in my car early this morning, seven a.m. Um, but it's a good song though. Bless up, it is a great song. Um, bless mm-hmm. up to Kiara and rest up to PNB Rock. Yes. To Jesse Powell. Um, Jesse, yes. Jesse's an interesting name. You're either a um a pretty average white woman or a black man. It ain't too it ain't too many of <laughs> ain't too many other ways you fall with Jesse. <laughs> it's just kind of what that is. Jesse could be 
from the politician, preacher, mm-hmm. all the way down to the mechanic. He's guessing. Oh. Just you see what I'm saying? Yes. It's, it's, I get it. Yeah, there's so much range in that name. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, let's bunny hop on over to the <laughs> bunny hop, bunny hop to the. Ooh, I'm so glad I got my own. I ain't worried about Josephine. My life is a natural high, so come and bunny hop with me. That's all right, but I'm gonna have to make sure you learn to bunny hop. So next time okay. you're in Memphis, we can bunny hop. Together, okay. such a great line dance, such Listen, a hood line dance. I want a gangster walk. I don't want a bunny hop. Oh well, we can do it all because yeah. the gangster walk is actually a little part of the bunny hop. So really? no, so yes, but 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 yeah, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Anyway. Bunny yes. hopping on over to the Billboard report. Seducing and scheming is going to yes. happen for another season as HBO Max renewed Issa Rae's popular um, hit TV show Rap Stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It follows the life of two fictional women rappers from Miami, and it is an amazing piece of television work. Now, I'm not going to ask Brian if he saw it already. I know the answer to that mm-hmm. question, and he hasn't. However, mm-hmm. I want to challenge him <laughs> while, mm-hmm. while, while it is now <laughs> off. There's only eight 30-minute episodes, Brian. You yeah. can knock that out in a day. Yeah. And the thing, I'm, I'm definitely going to blame this on the wife. Like, this is something she said she wanted to watch. Okay. I'm giving her plenty of opportunities. I'm going to ask her one more time, but hey, do you want to watch this together? <laughs> if not, I'm just going to go ahead and watch it. Because the good thing about it, like I said, it's 30 minutes. Like yeah. I can knock that out in, in a day, like yeah. in, in, in a work. And day. you know, technically, 30 minute shows is really like 23 ish. Right. So, right. And you can knock that out. Um, but we're super excited for Issa Rae still out here winning. Speaking of Issa Rae, someone asked her, um, Laverna Cox actually mm-hmm. asked her, who is she rooting for at this year's Emmys? She said, Still, everyone black and nothing's changed. Ain't it not a thing changed. Change. Uh, and the and you know the Emmys is always hella white, but mm-hmm. there are several blacks who came out on top, and those black people mm-hmm. include Zendaya. She yes. won for best leading actress for her role in Euphoria. Uh, we have Quinta Bronson who won for. Um, Writing, um, comedy series, Abbott Elementary. Lizzo won for a competition program. Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. Um, mm-hmm. Gerard Carmichael won for writing, variety special, the um, Gerard Carmichael uh, Rothaniel. Okay. Shirley Ralph, mm-hmm. the queen. Joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore Singing. thee. Singing. not <laughs> put food on the table. <laughs> Singing. The choir and the competition are out. But mama. If you but mama me one more time. <laughs> Your father was out there singing the shirt that could have worked. Right. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Shelly Rapp, our original dream girl, won for supporting actress in the comedy series for Abbott Elementary. <laughs> and Coleman Domingo, the guest actor uh, for, in a drama series, you, you for it. That scene is so black. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it is so black. Oh, but li- but this is what really took the night, Brian. This is what took the mm-hmm. night. Hold on. Take your time. I am an endangered species, but I sing no victim song. I am a woman. I am an artist. And I know. Below. 
Now, Ralph went on to thank her friends and her family, her children and husband, and Quinta Bronson. And if you got a Quinta Bronson in your life, if you got family like mine and children like mine, she started preaching. <laughs> Mm. She started preaching, um, but we we love to see it because I feel like it's well deserved. Um, yeah. Cheryl Lee Ralph has been in the game for a very long time, and she gave us amazing um, performances from Broadway to movies to television. She was Moesha Mama, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? She was Laura Hill Mama. Um, she's somebody, Mama and Grandmama. On um, mm-hmm. well, is she a Grandmama yet on Abbott? I feel like she's. I feel, I feel like, like she is. A grandma. I feel like she is, but uh, she's amazing. Absolutely amazing, and I would love to see just a complete resurgence of her career, mm-hmm. like seeing her in more movies and more shows and more things. Um, right. I really enjoy Shirley Ralph. I really, Me really, too. really do, really, really do. Me and too. she looked absolutely amazing. Always, at the Emmys. you know what I'm saying? Shirley Ralph Always. is absolutely beautiful. So shout out to all the black folk um, doing their thing at the Emmys. Tell Feezy the bag that has the blacks in a chokehold, and rightfully so because mm-hmm. it is black owned. It's a really nice bag. It's a quality bag. I personally want mm-hmm. the. Um, Tail far duffel bag, okay. and I per- but I might be able to get one because on September twenty third, pretty special day, um, they're going to release <laughs> all their bags, every color and every size. So all the girls and the guys who want to tell fees that you ain't never got one, and you missed the color that you wanted, you missed the size that you wanted, um, go online on the twenty third and make sure that you get your bag, Brian. Are you buying yes. Lauren some Telfeezies on the 23rd? Um, I don't know. How about I ask if she actually wants one? She just doesn't own any. Um, so I'm going to ask if she wants one. She does a lot of coach. So I'll see if Telfair is the thing she wants now. I'll, I'll just switch over to that. Because uh, it is black. It's black owned, right? If I'm yes. not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I, I, I would gladly switch over. Yep. So Asher uh, got one, was it Christmas? Not too long ago, um, a couple of months ago. And she loved, she got the bigger. Mm-hmm. messenger like tote bag whatever she loves it um but I, that duffel bag is really nice and i really want okay. one too so um shout out to telfar doing their thing and um shout out to beyonce for shouting out telfar um and and like took their stock well, i don't say they stock but they searches and their popularity up even right. more from mentioning them in summer renaissance on the renaissance album that still has been a choco brian i there has not been a day since mm-hmm. july 29th that i have not listened to at least one song off summer of renaissance i Mm. don't know what's going on with me Um, it's beyonce it is and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell y'all this now so when we do our our music thing at the end of the year she's probably gonna snatch that number one spot (laughs) and summer (laughs) renaissance probably gonna have one million plays (laughs) not summer renaissance renaissance from me Mm -hmm. okay Uh, unless she drops out act two then i'm just (laughs) I'll be in a, I'll be in another chokehold for a right. whole another album. Didn't you say when Act Two was supposed to be coming out? It's supposed to be coming out like in November or something like that. Um, I think it was like I don't think she said anything, but I think oh, people like, are rumor? rumored, yeah, to, to to say that something else is supposed to be coming out before the end of the year. I just don't want it to be a holiday album. No, like man. I don't want a Christmas album. I mean, it can come out around the holiday ten, but I mm-hmm. don't want a Christmas um a Christmas album. All right. Sticking with music for um half an let me can, Brian, can I just say something real quick before I go, go to it. the next one? Uh-huh. Um, just a little insight, a little behind the scenes for people. Mm-hmm. Y'all might not care, but I just felt like I needed to say it because we're not going to address it. I was gonna put Ray J, Willie mm-hmm. Ray, really Way Norwood Jr. on the Billboard and talk okay. about all his shenanigans. Right. But I don't care about none of that stuff he got going on, so nah. it didn't make it. All all that all his drama with the Jenners and the Kardashians, and all the yeah. people, it's just 
Like Raising. people that I really wish could disappear in life. Like if I can just disappear, a group of folks, it would be the Kardashian Jenners and everybody attached to them. Listen, like y'all can y'all can go. And Ray J is just Ray J has a very annoying quality about him mm-hmm. that just it has him in a chokehold. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wish that that man would just I don't know I don't is decorum the right word he needs to practice. Um, um just just I don't know I don't know I don't know. He's just always trying to find something, a way to Would stay you go to a Ray J concert? <clears throat> never. No, I'm not going to say never. Let me not say never. You're not going to go to Sexy Canada. Have I had one wish? We I'm can be friends. To the baby's born. Yeah, there's nothing that in my inside me says, you know, I'm going to go to a, a Ray J concert. Nah, nah. Not if he was like a part of an 2000s ensemble, like the Millennium Tour. Have y'all more uh, into the Millennium Tour? Did y'all go to that? Not because you know y'all love a collaboration <clears throat> concert. <laughs> I do love a collaboration concert, <laughs> but I don't want to see Bow Wow. I don't want to see B Two K. I don't want to see Mario. I don't want to see boom, boom. Um, Bobby V. I don't want to see. I don't see none of the people on Kanye concert. Like pay for hard earned <laughs> money to go get dressed and go to a concert. Not a not a chance. Well, Brian, they all give you two three songs a piece. It might be a decent concert because they can only. Nah, they, I, they, I didn't even I didn't even watch the verses, <laughs> and that was free. <laughs> And I'm I'm kind of sad about it because it was the train wreck that it was. But who was know. the actual? Was it was the the quote unquote headliners? Was it Omarion and Omarion and Mario? They were the headliners or for the for the Millennium Tours. The, the headliners. I'm about for the, for the verses. Oh, the verses of Marion and uh and uh and Mario. Mario. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And right now, uh, Shad is headlining yeah. the Millennium. I believe Tour. so. Mm-hmm. Okay, <clears throat> interesting. All right. Back to the regular schedule programming. Um, last week was it last week? Last week we reported on Nicki Minaj doing the Queens mix of Super Freaky Girl, Indeed. and we were trying to ideate around who it could be. We were wrong about everybody mm-hmm. except the City mm-hmm. Girls, and we was yeah. halfway wrong about thinking she only gave us one of them. <laughs> so, right, the or I think we group. said Katie got bands because we looked up who was in Chicago and mm-hmm. we called her name out because we didn't know who that would be. But anyway, JT Bia. Katie Guy Bands, Akbar V, and Malibu Mitch were the women um, that were on the Queens mix. And Nikki, as she typically does, has the girls in a tizzy. I mean, all yes. the other girls who thought that they should have been on the Queens mix are talk, you know, subtweeting and got their Twitter fingers out and all that kind of stuff. Even Coyle Wright, you know, had a yeah. little something to say. Who that's who we thought it was, but it ended up being Bia from Boston. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, but have, have you listened to the song, Brian? It's a solid. I have listened to the yeah, song. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. I like everybody's verse except. Be that thing, it could have stayed in Boston, <laughs> <laughs> and like Quella Ray probably would have been no better. But mm-hmm. that be a verse is just not it. Yeah. And I love JT because she gave us quality city JT. girls. She said, "Yo, Nick, you the winner." I'm the uh, princess and I'm a gang member. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but, but it gets it's provocative. It, it gets, gets the people, people going. going. <laughs> I like JT. I like JT. I like, I like JT, JT a and lot. She, and she paid homage to Nick, and she went into a, a slick Roman's voice in her ver- mm. <laughs> in her verse. So I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I, 
I, uh, I don't follow JT on Instagram, but I saw that something where she was on the news giving a rant about something. And she's uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, I finally got a rant on TV. I always wanted that. I'm like, <laughs> city girls are like the culture, man. The like, city girls, they man. are the culture, man. Like, I would hang out with the city girls. And that's exactly, that. that's more reason for you to hurry up, ask Lauren tonight about rap stuff. Because you mm-hmm. got it, bro. It is. When I tell you, you're going to, basically, it's like, it's a mockumentary of the city girls. I believe um, it. Yeah, I mean, like you can tell. I'm gonna say this: you can tell that it's influenced by their lives. There are some key differences, right? But like right. Mia, like she is a JT Carisha mm-hmm. in one body, and it is beautiful <laughs> to see and to witness. Um, so, speaking of music, before we do this, I want to play a little game before we, between you and I before okay. we get into um, the Billboard. Um, not the billboard. We go to the living room. So, real quick, okay. there was a shade room post that says, drop a bar that lives rent-free in your head. No explanation, no anything. Just give us one right now. Uh, I'm not good with go. lyrics. I got to find it. I got to find it. Uh, <sighs> I know. It, I think it's... Okay, I'm going to see if I can get off head. It's I got off a few. Whole, it's off of, off of Loyal by Chris Brown. Okay. But as Little Wayne says, she didn't have her ring or her ring... Mm. On last night, her ring or a ring or on last oh. night. Oh yes, that's a good. I know what you're saying. I that's know. a good one. Okay. Um, most of the bars that are in for my are Little Wayne. Like he just has freaking like bars. Like in his entendres mm-hmm. are like yeah. super crazy. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna sound like a barb, but this is free in my mind probably because it's so bad, but mm. <laughs> it's provocative and it gets the people <laughs> going. He asked my sign. I said a sage. I'm a star. Sheriff Badge. <laughs> what's the point? Uh, oh, Lord, it's slipping me. It's slipping me. It's slipping me. Uh, oh, what's the point? If I'm guard, double D up, hoes. Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> what? I the, thought you were going to say it's a race in China and a race in China. No, the end, that's, ooh, that's, that's in... <laughs> Put out the pink Lamborghini, just a race in China for a race in China, just a race in trying a little bad trendy gonna mix it with China, real thick vagina slug of bricks to China. <laughs> <laughs> I could have went with uh, you know, slob on my knob, like corner, the corner of checking the with me and do your job. You know, I there's a few things I could have went with. I could have went for um, you know, it's been a long time coming, a lot of dope running dead to try to track these cases. People been mm-hmm. big and like, you know, streets been yeg, so I had to go back to the bases. The intro to my life, intro to my world. Rich Crest, a pop movie, that white girl. Post up at the corner selling the marijuana. <laughs> you know, yo got mm-hmm. you know, I you know, I could have went with a few. If you're gonna go R and B, well, let's go Gucci Mane. Um, party, party, party like a nigga just got out of jail <laughs> for his personal mm-hmm. party with Chris Brown. That's just so good to me. Um, you know, so many good to your point, there's so many great songs and great lines from people, you know. Let me get one more. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Okay. Okay. Little Wayne said, wear latex because you don't want that latex that I think I'm latex. Like, just, it's so simple, but so complex and it's so amazing. I just, you know. Can we, if we talk about Lil Wayne, let me do this. Okay. Because I just don't live rent free in my head, but it reminds me of the bar that you just dropped. It was on mm-hmm. Seeing Green okay. with him and Drake. 
and Nikki, and he says, <clears throat> and I quote, my little hoe out Atlanta, got a hoe out Atlanta, with a hoe out Atlanta, she a hoe out Atlanta, we get it, it's the same in East City, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, just, you know, the same words, it's just, it's just, it's the same, and he, it's it's so clever, it's, man. It is. It is. So, and he don't write these things, man. Like <laughs> it's so clever. It is. Shout, <sighs> out to, shout out to all the bars. If y'all got some bars delivering for your brain, tell us. DM mm-hmm. us. We may put it on our story to ask because we right. would really want to know. Um, any R and B bars pop up in your head, Brian? Uh, I'm not really good with lyrics. Uh, we know. We know. R and B. Uh, <laughs> take my money, my house, my car <laughs> oh. for the hit of you, <laughs> baby. You can have it all. Like I think there's a meme that, that says is a line. we knew them niggas on drugs. <laughs> yes, because who's saying that? Take my money, <laughs> my house, and my you got you gonna be caught up cars <laughs> for a hit of you. You can have it all, baby. Cause make it love. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's so good. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And also, be, be real black for me. We're Berta Flack and Donny Hathaway. That it's just, it's just <laughs> one of the there, lines is like, "I love your hair, so black and kinky." It's just, it's just funny. It's it's a good song, but it's just the songs are be real black for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just a love letter to another black person, all their black features. So, you know, something that stands out to me that they're not even lyrics. They're just sounds. What is earth, wind and fire, September. They didn't even write lyrics. <laughs> and then when they get to the bridge, it's like, what was y'all going? Brian, let me ask you what, what, what made the 21st of September so significant? The day I always remember? That's the day my yeah. dad died? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, not the temptation. Earth, wind, and fire. Do you remember the 29th of September? I've... I don't know. Our hearts were singing. You think he had just got some real good coochie? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't he didn't get saved. He didn't, he didn't get he didn't get led to the Lord. That no, that ain't what, what he said. He said my heart was sinking. <laughs> oh, that was on, his first time getting some co- cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> you know they was on that booger sugar back then. That <laughs> <laughs> first tap of hit her, her arm. Hit. Do you remember? <laughs> this when we crossed over, y'all. <laughs> it was on that hair <laughs> That's when I first lost all my nose hair. <laughs> Listen, I first tapped them veins and Listen. strapped on up. <laughs> Getting tied on off. Get That's dope what? out your veins <laughs> and hope in your brain. You will never go anywhere smoking the pipe. Never. <laughs> you want to do right to get you less want to be smart at school. <laughs> get away from the drugs. Get close to God. <laughs> get away from the hit crap. <laughs> get a close to God. Y'all go mind us. We have a very special guest <laughs> who is in the living room with us. We got to get our house in order. We got to get our house in order. My God. Um, she is here and we have we have a beautiful conversation lined up and I am so, so, so excited about what we're about to talk about. So grab your drinks, grab your snacks, welcome our guest. She gets to sit in the in, in the lazy boy chair because she's our guest. Yes. Um, yes. So grab all your things. Let's go have this really dope conversation and let's head on to the living room. Brian, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for sticking around for the living room. Uh, and we have an exciting guest in the living room today. We're so excited. She came all the way from Los Angeles to be here with she us did. in the living room. Let's see, see how people do, right? They come from places far and near, and they come to hang out with your, your Costa Negro. So we appreciate you. Ryan, I'm getting a little uh, jealous, though, because this is like the fourth guest from the West Coast. And I know you're from the West Coast. I am from the West Coast. So I, I, this is leaning real heavy. <laughs> it's okay. And, and I'm okay with that. We need, you know, people who, have, you know, are on separate coasts, you know. We had Gangsta Boo. Gangsta Boo was from Memphis. And that the was- Queen of the South. Queen of the South. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad to have another person who's who's living currently in Los Angeles. She's going to introduce herself, all the things she does, but- Kiara Imani, thank you very much for joining the podcast. For Absolutely. those that don't already know you, can you introduce yourself and let them know, I guess, what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. And I have to say, I'm on the West Coast now. I'm very much an LA girl, but I'm from the East Coast. Okay, I, okay. I grew up on Virginia, in Virginia, lived in Georgia for a little while, so okay. I still claim both coasts. Uh, <laughs> I am an attorney by training. Went to UVA Law School and practice entertainment law. But mm-hmm. I am also an entrepreneur, founder of the card game Like You Cards. They're a mm-hmm. getting to know you card game to help people facilitate conversation and just get to know each other a little better. Now available in Target and will be available in Kohl's early 2023. And I am also the author of the new book, Therapy Isn't Just for White People. Wow. And you said all kind of love language terms for this podcast. You said target and therapy and all the things. So we're excited yeah. to have you. And I've actually played like you. Oh, so you played it is a, it. Yeah, it's a really great game. Me and my wife has played. I played it with some friends. Um, there's some deep questions in there, Kiara. Like I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. You know, so that mixed with a couple of glasses of a little few things, you know, <laughs> had us emoting. <laughs> You know, in ways we were not expecting. I love that you say that because we created the game because we wanted to bring people together in a very playful, non-threatening space. I know I like journaling and getting deep, but not everybody likes that. So we tried to have a mixture of lighthearted questions, but then deep questions. And I'm all about putting the medicine in the peanut butter. So it's like let's let's get some deep questions in here, but let's still make it fun. I All like right. That. I don't like peanut butter, but I like that phrase. I like that. <laughs> it's usually put rat poison in the peanut butter, but you know, it's cool. You know, medicine, right. Ryan, medicine. We t- healing, 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 healing. All right. I believe it. And so, since you said, since you have your own game, uh, we do believe in playing games here on this show. We have this game that we call uh, Culture Code yes. uh, that we like to start off. Anytime we invite a guest, we want to do Culture Code. And in most cases, they'll say, you know, just answer your heart and answer how you feel. There's no judgment, but there is judgment here on this show. Just so, a little. Uh, just a little. Uh, so we will judge you based off of the answers that you give. Um, so are you ready to play the game? I'm ready. Let's do it. And it's definitely not as deep as like you. So uh, there's, it's just all peanut butter. I don't, I don't know what the peanut butter is. It's all peanut butter. It's, it's, it's not deep at all. I like, all right, so, I like peanut butter. All right. Me too. Uh, you like crunchy or smooth? I'm a crunchy girl. Crunchy? Okay. Mm. I like crunchy. I, I, so, you know, in my house, so we buy the, the creamy, but I'm like, I like crunchy because you're eating the sandwich and it's the peanut butter and the jelly and then it's crunching here and there. And that was not one of the questions, but. Uh, well, I had you. a, we had a, one of our original like you questions was if peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would you call it? Oh, I would call it. Ooh. And it's, it's made out of peanuts. So it's a peanut, <laughs> peanut puree. Maybe. Ooh, <laughs> that's fancy. That's real fancy. Right. That would be on the top shelf. Mm-hmm. That's right. super top shelf, <laughs> like a nutty aioli. Ooh. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. 
Oh, y'all got these. Y'all eat fancy. I can tell. We, we do. We like to find the things in life. We uh, do. We've worked hard to get here. We like to find the things in life. Uh, that's we. Let's, let's market that, Josh. Peanut aioli, <laughs> peanut puree. Yes. yes. Peanut puree yeah. would be the lower brand. That's like the great value brand of the peanut puree. That brand. aioli, though. The aioli mm. is at the top. That's You're paying top like show. $20 for three ounces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That peanut aioli. All right, so let's get into it real quick. So it's kind of gonna be some this or that, quick fire. Speak from your heart, and then you know we may or may not judge you. Uh, we will judge you on your answers. All right, so uh, let's get to it. Let's think about this original Lion King or Black Panther. Oh, I have to say original Lion King. It's just been around for so long. Yes, that's good. That's that's a good. <laughs> it's, the that's, it's the OG. It's the OG. The original, honestly, not the Beyonce one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't mind the Beyonce one, but it wouldn't even exist without the original. So, sure. Great answer. That was a great answer because the beehive would have came for you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's do this one. So, we're going to do some another original show and also newer show. We're going to do, uh, let's do Insecure or Living Single. Oh, I'm going to have to say Living Single. I, I mean, in this kind of world. I was a Maxine fan. Back to the OGs. Mm. Like, would, in, would Insecure exist without Living Single? Mm. I don't know. And, Quick and here question, you are, though. What? Okay. As a as a, as a woman attorney, you know, admiring, you know, Maxine, who was the most influential on television attorney for you? Was it uh, Max? Was it Claire Huxtable? Was Claire it Huxtable. Claire okay. Huxtable, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I really loved about her character is that she was an attorney, but unlike a lot of other female attorneys on television, she also had family and a husband and a life, a private life that wasn't falling apart. I think so many times the narrative is Mm. if you choose your career, everything else in your life will fall apart. And I don't like that narrative. That's that's real. Great answer. Great answer. Okay. So with that being said, Blackish or The Cosby Show? (laughs) Oh, you know... I might have picked Cosby, but it just feels wrong to say that now. So I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to say blackish. I'm gonna have to say blackish. <laughs> great answer. Like, it, great honestly, answer. you know, great answer. Because um, <laughs> the C show is still is still solid. But uh, as a body yeah. of work, it is. But it's so hard to you know it's, sometimes separate the art from the man. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I really struggle it, with that. Some some people know how to do it. It's really hard for me to do in music and television, all of it. Oh yeah, we've counseled a few. We just a few people we just do not listen to here on this show, especially yeah. music. And it's because they have so many great songs. Yeah, yeah. I can't get past all the things that you've done. Yeah. So. the person in Chicago. <laughs> if he, if he, if that person in Chicago did a a versus, he, hands down will win. But you know, we don't want to see that anymore. We can't yeah. see that anymore. Facts. Um, <laughs> So let's do, I don't know how old this is, but the Temptations movie or the Five Heartbeats. Oh, oh. That's, that's great. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to say the Five Heartbeats. Yeah, I feel like. You're clicking on all cylinders. <laughs> I just, okay. I used to watch that movie so often when they used to play it back to back on BET. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's a whole, that's a whole, that's a whole day. It's a and I think about. It is a classic, and there's way more quotables from the Five Heartbeats than there are from the Temptations. Yes. Only only quotable you know from the Temptations movie is "I ain't I come to see you, Otis." That's it. <laughs> Absolutely, I do like the Temptations though. I actually saw them live here in LA a few years ago. There's only one original member; everybody mm-hmm. else is different. 
Uh, but it was Everybody coming to see Otis. Exactly. Everybody's coming to see Otis. Everybody's coming to see Otis. It is what it is. Uh, but it was, it was still nostalgic and a really fun concert. All right. Uh, let's do. Let's go music and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Um, mm, let's see this here. Ba, 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 ba. Let's go old school. Michael Jackson or Prince? Mm, that's hard. Uh... I'm gonna have to say that I can't pick Michael Jackson for the music, Prince for the impact on culture. Okay, all right, that's good, good. And then I'm gonna end with this one here. You said you're from Virginia. Yes. Okay, you said you're from Virginia. Give me your Mount Rushmore of artists from Virginia. Oh goodness, um, Missy, she's from Virginia, right? She uh, is. Pharrell. Yep. Um, Chris Brown, even though you know he's a little problematic, but the music, the music is hey. good. He's he's the king of R&B. Let's just say that here. Yeah, Missy, Chris Brown, for all. Who else do I like from Virginia? You know what? I'm gonna have to. My fourth pick's gonna have to be my sister because she's a she's a music artist, up and coming music artist, Nia Cece, incredibly talented, amazing songwriter, and I feel like she's uh, she gonna be next. She gonna be the next big star. So we love it. We do. We believe in nepotism here on the show. We do. Shout out to Virginia. Shout out to my wife is actually from Virginia, so I, you know, I, I dabble in in the places. I was just in Virginia this past week. Oh, where uh, were y'all? We're in Virginia. I, I was in Northern Virginia, so really was like Alexandria and stuff like that. So I, was, I, I lived, really call it. I DC lived in right. Alexandria for a year, so I know the area very well. Yeah, I love everything but the traffic. Exactly. It's the worst. Uh, but you, so you did well on these questions. Uh, you you passed with flying colors, <laughs> so the judgment won't be there. Um, you, you know, again, love le- a love language word. You said Chris Brown. You talked about Missy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this is going to be a great conversation. So Josh, you want to get get us going to the conversation? Yeah, let's just dive right into it. Um, okay, Kiara, I know you talked about you know who you are as an attorney and as a um, creator in terms of the game and, and an author of the book. But outside of those things, who is Kiari Mutt. I mean, I am a storyteller. I love stories. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. love movies. I love books. I love TV. I don't cry a lot in my real life, but I cry Mm -hmm. all the time in like my story world when my favorite characters die. Mm. I I feel like I've learned a lot about the world through story. I grew up in Manassas, Virginia, which is like a smaller town. Uh, First Battle of the Civil War, if you haven't heard of it, uh, Battle of Bull Run. I I actually grew up with friends whose parents were dressing up as soldiers and doing battle reenactments, but fighting for the side of the South because the South won uh, that battle. I'm like, y'all won the battle, but you lost the war. Uh, So (laughs) I feel like for me, a lot of TV was escape. And I just learned so much about other places in the world. Honestly, how I learned about Los Angeles so many of my favorite movies were set in LA and it was always just a kind of way for me to get to know people and cultures and places that were different than the small town that I grew up in. Um, I, I tend to be very introverted, which a lot of people don't expect because mm-hmm. I'm always on a stage. I always got a mic in my hand. I always got something to say. But when that's not the case, I'm a homebody. I get social anxiety around a lot of people I don't know. I tend to like sit by the snack table and kind of just rely on the snack and wait for someone to come up and talk to me. Uh, So yeah, that's me. You are home. 
You are. Home. I am home. <laughs> you are home because we. I am. You just described that last part, which is me in a nutshell. Listen, like, <laughs> I, yeah. I know how to talk to people. I don't always like people, and it's it's draining. I have to prepare myself to do it. I need time afterwards to decompress from it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I was just talking to my boyfriend about this because he's the opposite. He's such a social butterfly, like can work the room and be out for hours and do it again the next night. And it's hard for me. Like, I'm like, I I admire your ability to do that. I can't. Well, I mean, I think I could force myself to do it, but it doesn't come naturally. And it's incredibly Mm -hmm. draining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, I I said I was up in, in the Virginia, D.C., Maryland area and I was doing like trainings. I was doing like webinar not webinar seminars and stuff like that and talking on stage and i'm literally like exhausted and everyone wants to call my phone this morning i'm sending everybody to well i had to do one call today but i've been trying to send everybody to just voicemail because it really is like a draining process of just you know after you've done all this peopling as josh would say like no one wants you know you don't want to deal with people just let me have my monday and then come back but you know it is what it is um uh but within that being said so you talk about social anxiety and things of that nature. I know you have a book uh, regarding therapy. So what is your, or what took you to your therapy journey? What prompted you to, to start therapy? So I was not open to therapy. I think like a lot of people of color, I think mm. first and foremost, growing up in the church, very much being taught mm-hmm. to just turn to Jesus and to pray and to let God be the person who takes away all your burdens, lay it at the cross. What do you need yes. therapy for? So it, it wasn't even part of my framework or construct or anything that I would have considered to deal with problems. It, it was so foreign to me. But I actually had a friend, uh, she was white, and she suggested that I try therapy because I was really struggling with anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety for a long time, probably since high school, and have been on Lexapro for a while. Uh, but medication has its limits. And it just got to the point where my anxiety was taking up so much of my life. And I always say that I do this thing where I get on the anxiety train mm. and this ride it all the way down and, and in worst case scenario. So for example, I could be talking and thinking about money. I'm like, okay, but everything's so expensive. And then I have all these student loans. So I'm never going to be able to pay them off. But then if my debt to income ratio is so high, how am I going to get a house? And then if I can't buy a house, I'm not accumulating wealth and I'm throwing all my money away for rent. And I just like ride the train yeah. and all of a sudden I'm 80 years old and I don't have any savings and I'm not living in a house. And I just, how did I get to 80? I'm, I'm nowhere near <laughs> that age. Like, how did we get here? And I didn't know how to get off that train and I do it for everything just ride out worst case scenario. And I often hear people talk about how a lot of depression lives in the past and anxiety lives in the future and peace is only found in the present. And I was just Mm. not good at sitting in the present. And so one of my friends, you know, she suggested therapy and kind of as a last resort, I was like, okay, let me give it a try. But I definitely went in my first session real cocky, like, look, I don't have any trauma. I'm not crazy. I'm Christian. I'm self-aware. <laughs> I listen to Oprah. I read self-help books. Like, you're not going to really have to dig deep with me. Like, I'm only here to talk about this anxiety piece. Like, everything mm. else, I'm going to be easier <laughs> than your other patients. And very quickly found out there is a lot of stuff I had kind of swept under the rug that I hadn't dealt with and I wasn't even aware. Mm. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that is really, really good. Um, 
considering that journey, right? What would you say was one of the biggest, like what was the one of the biggest influences outside of your friend? Was it like the fact that you were, because the title of your book is Therapy Isn't Just for White People. So was it the fact that you were at UVA and maybe this PWI? Was that like the like the eye-opening or the enlightening moment? Or what was it beyond your friend suggesting therapy that led you there? Yeah, I, I just <laughs> felt like I was kind of out of options. Mm-hmm. I had done all the Bible study things. I'd read all the verses. I feel like I tried to process with friends, but friends are also biased and they're not therapists. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this yes. quote that I, <laughs> I saw recently that says, your healing circles are not necessarily your social circles. And I was trying to do a lot of healing in social circles and it just wasn't working. They weren't equipped or they didn't have complete information or they were biased or it's hard to show up fully and authentically because you're still that concern of being judged so uh, just nothing else was working for me and I didn't feel like I had any place else to turn. And so therapy really was just like, and nothing else has worked. So you might as well, you might as well just give it a try. I'm going back to go forward. Cause you said something along the lines of uh, we're, we're two church boys here on this podcast. Oh right? yes, we are. <laughs> uh, so you said the idea of, uh, of church and, and laid on the altar and give it to God and things of that nature. And I know in, in a lot of church circles, um, therapy is not really talked about. Um, if you do something out of character, it's a demon or it's a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes people just need to have conversations about it and kind of deal with it and, and, and work through some things. Um, so when you're upbringing, uh, when there were times uh, where you felt a certain way, uh, we know scriptures talk about, you know, be anxious for nothing and all that kind of like stuff like that. Uh, when you're growing up in the church, were there moments where you were thinking, you know what, uh, this, I need more than just this. Uh, and, and what was that thought process between that? Yeah. I don't even think I allowed myself to get there because Mm. there's also this idea that your heart is wicked and deceptive and don't trust Mm. it. So I very much grew up believing that I couldn't trust my feelings or my emotions or my intuition because I always went back to to that verse, your heart is wicked, who can know it? Trust the Lord. And so I, full, I didn't even give myself the opportunity to really check in with myself and ask, well, what do you really need? And is this really making sense for you? This, does this align? It wasn't until I think later in life that I gave myself that permission. And even then it felt blasphemous. I felt like mm. I was listening mm. that listening to my emotions and following my intuition was doing what I wasn't supposed to do. And I think a lot of churches very much a lot rely on people feeling that way because it's the ultimate method of control. If you can get people mm. to believe that they cannot trust themselves because they are wicked and that they have to listen to the Lord, but you are God's interpretation of who he is and what the world looks like, then there's nothing left to do but to trust your voice over their own. Mm -hmm. That is so good because I think you hit on something critically important, specifically in the black church, is that a lot of times we don't like to believe in the duality of a thing, right? And I've grown to to understand that multiple things can be true at once, right? I can... Um, I can trust in God and have faith and still sit on someone's couch and trust 
you know, mm-hmm. the ways in which they're giving me tools <laughs> to navigate <laughs> life and the issues that I'm facing while also, you know, not quote unquote leaning to my owners. Like I, I can do all of the things. Um, and I think we miss certain moments while it's not specifically called out where we even see Jesus practicing what I like to call self-care. Like it was plenty of times where he went away by himself to get away, to not be distracted, to not be, you know, the hype that was in the crowd and the man on the miracles where he just needed to, you know, recollect himself. We saw him struggle with his own identity when he got in the garden and was like, look, I don't even want to do this no more. And he had to be reaffirmed in his own purpose. Like we see these things. And I mm-hmm. think like there's this mystical um, overlooking <laughs> of these moments, right? Of this Jesus who is the center of our faith, who had, you know, self-care struggles and dealt with them in his own ways, mm-hmm. but still dealt with them. Um, so it's really beautiful to hear how you were able to wreck. Cause I too grew up in a, you know, deeply religious household and, um, and, and very much still committed to my faith, but started my therapy journey about three years ago. And that was one, that was like the first three months <laughs> was debunking <laughs> a lot of that and going, <laughs> going like breaking down those barriers so that I, so that I could do the work. So um, real quick, what would you say to someone who's battling that, 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 that very thing, right? Their faith yeah. and like wanting to pursue that, that journey. Yeah. I would say that the way that I, for, for people that still consider the Bible to hold some sort of truth, uh, the way that I even look at Proverbs now, it's a book of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think exercising wisdom and allowing wise counsel in your life is incredibly biblical. The The Bible tells us to consult with wise counsel. And instead of seeing therapy or counseling as choosing to listen to man instead of God, it's trusting that God has impacted put wisdom and knowledge and know-how inside of people who are fully capable of helping you, because I do believe people are God's hands and feet on earth. How do you know that God has not equipped this person very specifically to help you with what you're going through? Mm -hmm. So when I started to see it like that, it felt a lot more fully integrated and people still struggle with it. I got a message from a, a black woman on Facebook the other day who was like, I hate your book. Jesus isn't just for white people. And I have a whole chapter about faith in my books. I'm like, you obviously didn't read it, but there still is a lot of pushback. All right. And that's, uh, that's absolutely amazing that the thought process as far as the duality between faith and, and therapy. Um, so you say you grew up in Manassas, right? Manassas, wife from Virginia. I kind of travel to Virginia kind of frequently. I know Manassas is predominantly a white area. Is that, is that correct? Is that, yeah. That well, it was when I was growing up and for the years before that, our mayor was a white man. And then before that, it was his dad. Before that, it was his dad. But very recently, we've seen a lot okay. of white white flight because we have a lot of Latinos moving to the area. Got it. And okay. as it's become more uh, Latina, the it's become less white because people don't want to be around uh, people of color. And I yeah. think that the people, the white people that have remained are the white people that can't afford to leave. So you mm. almost get the the people who have the least amount of means, the Trump supporters and mm. the ones who are super angry because they feel like they're being replaced. So it's kind of leaving like the worst type of white person there. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, that's a whole can of worms that I could I was gonna kind of deal with, but that's so big, many. That's so <laughs> many because that's 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 a lot of places in the United States where they feel um like that, but my I guess my question was going to be more so 
we do kind of deal with black spaces and white spaces, predominantly white spaces, and how we kind of deal within that. And also, um, Josh uh, kind of lives in a predominantly, you know, white neighborhood. We've worked in white corporations. Same with mm-hmm. me. Um, so two questions. One is how were you able to navigate that growing up? Uh, but then also, uh, what is it? Did your family do anything to kind of help preserve or uh, affirm or anything uh, regarding your blackness? Yeah, I was in white spaces predominantly my whole life, like uh, probably until maybe I moved to Los Angeles. And it just became the norm for me. And I would say the first 18 years of my life was just all about being as similar to the white kids I went to school with as possible. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be different. I wanted straight hair. I wanted to talk like them, sound like them, read the books that they were reading, wear Mm -hmm. the things that they were wearing. I just wanted to, I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to be other. I knew my skin color was different uh, and I I didn't want people to focus on the fact that I was different. I'd always get uncomfortable at sleepovers with all my white friends. And I'd look at the scarf that my mom packed for me to put on my head and look at Mm. everybody else and choose not to put it on and wake up with a tangled mess on my head because I didn't want to be the person with the scarf. And all the kids are like, what is that you're putting on your head? Why are you wearing that? And Mm -hmm. so there were just so many layers of, of not wanting to be different, even down to Vaseline. None of my white friends used Vaseline. My mom always was trying to put it on my ashy knees. And they're like, <laughs> what, what is that? I'm like, what is cocoa butter? <laughs> yeah, what, what is cocoa butter? Yeah, my dad missed cocoa butter. Everything was different. And then compounded on top of that, my mom is Haitian. My grandma came mm. straight from Haiti. And mm-hmm. so my grandma lived with us for a while and would cook like Haitian rice and beans for dinner every night. Like, with something different. It was like rice and beans and chicken or rice and beans and vegetables or <laughs> rice and beans and pork, but it's always rice and beans. Right. And my friends would come over for dinner and be like, do you have any like lasagna or like just like something different? Like your grandma makes the same thing all the time. And there were just so many cultural things where mm-hmm. I just felt so uncomfortable because I mm-hmm. wanted to be like everyone else. And I would say in my household, my parents always maintained that we were black. We all, my mom always made sure we had black art on the walls. Like we never had pictures of white people. I tell a story in my book about how at my seventh birthday, I got a white Barbie from one of my white friends and my mom only bought me black dolls. She only bought me black dolls. (laughs) That's what she, she gave it back. And I was so embarrassed. Wow. We do the same thing to our daughter. Like, (laughs) You better not like, <laughs> and my wife is loud. We'll go to like Target, which is where your uh, your stuff is at too. Shouts out to you and Target. Yeah. Um, well, if if my daughter is like looking at like at a white toy, what my wife would be like, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh, find a brown one, <laughs> find a brown one. <laughs> like all right, so yeah, nah. Um, okay, that's that's really interesting. That's a, uh, I love to hear that. Uh, Josh, you got something? No, I'm just I just want to lean in a little bit. How vast black people. <laughs> And Vaseline, because I still use Vaseline to this. I put some on this morning. And, you know, if you look in the store, it is always in the first A section. But we do not care. It is it is moisturizer 100%. for us. 
100%. You see what I'm saying? Cocoa butter is, listen, we don't care about no stretch marks. Or it is moisturized, okay? <laughs> so, and I, I, but on a serious note, though, I love those cultural nuances, though, that make us us. Like, why we're not a monolith, I think there are some universal truths about how we grew up and what we've experienced. And even to that point, like, my sons, um, we live in a predominantly white neighborhood and they go to a, a very mixed race um, school. And so me and my wife are really intentional. Sounds like what your parents were too, um, Kiara, about making sure that they know who they are. Um, and I think we've, you know, we've, I think we OD'd a little bit on our youngest because he goes in the stores and was like, <laughs> daddy, I don't see no black sandals in here. And I'd be like, you loud. He's like, but you told me Santa black. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, and on one end, I appreciate it because you know to that point, you know, like Kiara, I think we sh we share similarities in the sense that some of the things that we were taught, you know, like therapy, that's for white people. We don't do that, right? And mm -hmm. I want him to know that you can be super authentic in your blackness right, and still right. explore the range of things that this world has to offer in terms of resources, opportunities, and all those different types of things as well. So. um Let's go back to the UVA point just a little bit. Like being in the PWI, was that like, I know you had to like some of the embarrassment as a child, but as you grew up, did that linger into adulthood or like, how did you, what was that transition like? Yeah, I would say college was the space where I first felt like I could start to embrace being black. And mm -hmm. it's so funny because UVA is a predominantly white school. I think now maybe like 4% black. So there are not a oh. lot of us. But the black friends that I made in college, we all had similar experiences. We had all grown up in white schools. We were the only black kids in our gifted and talented classes. Mm. We were the only black kids in the programs that we were part of and the sports teams that we played on. And then we came to school and we found other black people who were just like us. Mm -hmm. And then we could get in a room and have conversations about stuff that we had experienced growing up. And there's this quote that I love, uh, the most powerful words in the world besides I love you are me too, mm -hmm. because me too yeah. is very connecting. When you meet mm -hmm. somebody from your hometown, you're like, oh my gosh, I grew up there too. And you get mm -hmm. really excited. I think it, it helps us to feel less isolated in the world and more connected to each other. And with my black friends at UVA, there were so many me too moments that where we could connect on. And I think just being in that circle helped all of us to really just embrace being black. And for the first time, my concern was not trying to fit in with white people, but mm. really sitting in the truth of who I was as a black woman. And it was such a beautiful experience. And, you know, people always laugh because when you think about a school like UVA, you don't think, oh, that's the space you go to like figure out how black you are. Like <laughs> it's it's a very white preppy school, girls and pearls, <laughs> guys and ties. Uh, and I think even in the midst of that, black people who are like-minded finding each other is one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. You said so many things, like the fact of uh, black people just finding each other. Uh, I remember my wife were having a conversation last night about black culture is like, we all grew up in the same household, but didn't like, there are certain things that we do and say that kind of just, uh, just connect us in so many ways. And you could have lived like, I'm from California. Uh, Josh is from Memphis. You're from Virginia. My wife from Virginia. My best friend is from Atlanta. Uh, Josh's wife's from Minnesota. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and we all have similar, (laughs) (laughs) all have similar uh, um, experiences growing up, regardless of where we grew up. So I I really love that. And shout out to UVA, my my mother in law. She actually was one of the first Black people to attend UVA. Wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, So she has all kind of stories of Charlottesville and all that kind of kind of crazy stuff like that. But um, I love that. Uh, So within that, we come to this point. Grew up in Manassas. You lived all different kind of places and stuff like that. Went to UVA. Now we got to come to this book, right? Therapy isn't just for white people. And did you use, I guess, all of your life experiences or what leans you into um, the book? What leans you? What what made you wake up and say, you know what, I'm gonna write this book? Yeah. So the book is a series of fifty short personal essays on different topics. I talk about black hair and gender. I also talk about sex and sexuality. I have a chapter about faith. I have a chapter about being black in corporate America. I have a chapter Hmm. about police brutality, just all of the things that we're dealing with on a daily basis and the way that our trauma, our past trauma affects us in the present. And it's so interesting that in society, we generally recognize that the past has an, uh, an impact on the present. When you go to the doctor, one of the first things they ask you is, what's your family history? They mm. want to know, what are your genetics? Where do you come from? What was your past? Before they can even sit in a conversation about who you are presently, because it informs so much of who you are, your body type and what you're predisposed to. And right. when, But when we're thinking about our trauma and our life stories, it's very easy to think, oh, that's the past. It's over. Why are we talking about that? Or, mm. oh, I healed from that already. But healing is not linear. Things tend to come back around and mm-hmm. triggers happen even after initial healing has taken place. And the definition of trauma that I use and resonates most closely with me comes from Dr. Anita Phillips. She's a minister and also a mental health practitioner. And she says that trauma is anything that negatively affects the way we see ourselves, God, or the world around us. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it like that, we're all experiencing trauma all the time. All yeah. it takes is one comment, one microaggression. For example, a white person to say, oh, you are black and you're so smart and literate. Wow, Ooh. you're different. And Ooh. all of a sudden you might be asking yourself the question, well, what does that mean about black people in general? Are black people not smart? Boom, trauma. You you now see mm-hmm. the world differently. And so many of the smaller traumas that we experience stacked up on top of each other can have the same effect as one big trauma. And so for me, I did not go into this thinking I was going to write a book about my life and my experiences. I tend to be a more private person with a lot of things. And I would say until I started going to therapy, kept a lot of things to myself. I was actually planning to write a fiction book, but for anyone who's a writer who knows as you're developing characters, you have to kind of sit in, what are their fears? What makes them tick? How did they grow up? What are their traumas? What are their Mm -hmm. weak points, their Achilles heel? What are their strengths? And as I was sitting through and developing characters and thinking about their story, I kept coming back to my own story as a reference. And before I knew it, I had all of these references to my own story. And I was like, maybe I should start here. Maybe I should tell my story mm. before I start trying to tell anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, from that, I guess, what would you say? And I know as, as the writer, it's probably hard. What is the most personal chapter or piece of the book for you? What resonates the most with you from your own writing? Uh, I think it's all 
deeply personal. I would say probably the hardest chapter to write was the faith chapter Mm, because I know, especially in communities of color and just in the world in general, people are willing to die over their religious beliefs, Uh, how strongly people feel. Like I talked about how the church has been used as a tool to oppress people of color and LGBTQ Mm. people and that's not something we like to discuss in church. And it's not even just that we can't have a conversation about sexuality or homophobia. We can't talk about sex, period. If somebody <laughs> says something about sex in church, it gets awkward. It's like, ooh, mm-hmm. we go in there. But then you leave mm-hmm. church and the conversation is everywhere. And I don't feel like we do a good enough job of having real conversations that people are right. really talking about outside the church, inside the church. And I, you know, I, I actually talk about a, a pastor who I knew who sent me a DM who was pastoring me, you know, Hello. at 2, 2 a.m. in the morning talking about, I hope you're in bed alone right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Who's who's next to you? Are, you? are you laying in bed alone? And I'm like, what are you doing up at 2 a.m.? And why are you in my DMs? And why are you talking to me about sex in a way that's in a way that's couches don't have it? But there's this, I, I almost think there's this weird obsession with sex in the church, which mm-hmm. is why we do see a lot of pastors get into trouble. And it's like they talk about not having it so much that it almost becomes a weird form of intimacy for a lot of people because you're you're talking around it and about it, but like don't do it. And I've had a lot of weird relationships with male pastors who felt like they were pastoring me, but also asking really intimate conversations about sex and sexuality that outside the context of church would be incredibly inappropriate. And just how even having those experiences made me really uncomfortable with my own body and sexuality, because most of how I'd grown up had been men who I don't know like that, like not personally and not in relationship with telling me what to do with my body and Mm -hmm. how to use my sexuality. Woo. <laughs> Let me tell you Listen. all of the things. I don't even know where to begin. You said so much. So, so on, much. on one end, I can give a personal story of when my wife and I were doing pre- premarital counseling mm. with the church and the topic, we had had a son before we got married. So clearly we had had sex. <laughs> and the, the, the couple, when it was time to talk about sex, they was like, you know, when you all, you know, when you come when you come together, I said, come together. I said, sex. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, if you don't go away from me with this. Um, so there's there's that piece. And I get it. And me and Brian have talked on this show several Definitely. times about how the church always says, no, 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 no. Then all of a sudden you get married and you have this license to have sex. And you have all these awkward, weird couples who don't know what to do, who don't know how to navigate these spaces because they've been told their entire life that this is wrong as if it doesn't feel good. And then they get, then all of a sudden they're supposed to put down 20 some odd years of all this trauma and just mm-hmm. go into this thing and just, and then you ask us where the baby's at. I need to learn how to have sex first. I don't even right. know. It's been wrong my entire life on, with the added fact of what you're adding, Kiara, about all these people who are probably sexually frustrated, um, not able to really be authentic to themselves and their own sexuality and their sexual feelings, who are using the cloak of leadership to, mm-hmm. to get in your business and call it accountability. 
Uh, but they're really using it to kind of it's it's you said so much, and I so feel like much. that's a, we could have a whole another podcast whole episode. <laughs> episode on that because you know, and, and with me it's and so Brian good. being in the church, like we've seen it and experienced it and have run away from it and have called it out. So it's so it's um it's enlightening to hear you say it, but it's also kind of sad, right? That you had to experience it's not kind of sad, it's very sad that you had mm-hmm. to experience that as well. Um, and I think so many people in 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 several faith contexts deal with that that whole sex and sexuality piece in one way or another, especially if you have deep roots. Um, 100%. In the church. Oh, Kiara, you about to say something? Oh, yeah. yeah I was going to say, even like the story that I told, if I told you any other man that I wasn't in relationship with was in my DMs two in the morning talking about who's next to you in bed, it would be, why is he sliding in your DMs? That's wildly inappropriate. He's thirsty. Mm-hmm. But you put on the the hat of pastor, and all of a sudden, it's accountability. Oh hell, no! I'm all about to say, and it's still late, but they'll it's, use no. it. They'll use yeah. it, right? <laughs> that was that was he was shooting a shot, like he really mm-hmm. was shooting a shot, and try to use it like as the cloak, like said, the disguise of oh, I'm just trying to make sure you live in righteous. It's like no, like you're shooting your shot. Uh, why is my bed on your mind at 2 a.m.? That's the question. <laughs> we know why. We know why. It's, mind it's your genitals, sir. Like, what? Right. <laughs> I ain't the one. Um, well, man, I, that's so good. I've started, I've started, I, I've had a lot of male pastors unsolicited try to get into my business as it pertains to sexuality, but I've started telling male pastors, if you don't want to change my tampon, you don't have license to talk about my vagina. Hello. <laughs> well, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, that's a whole conversation, man. Yeah. Preachers in ovaries, like just across the board, talking about yeah. abortion and reproduction rights and sex, all kind of stuff. We could like that could be a whole conversation, just like you know, off of that because it's so many layers to that. Um, and it's not to say that there isn't wisdom in in being careful with sex. Like I do, think right? It's a for problem. sure. Tool. I do think, you know, not only can you get an STD, you can create a child. I do think it's a right. very intimate act. And a lot of times people start having sex before they're emotionally ready to carry oh, yeah, conversations. And there are definitely conversations we can have that are not based in shame around sex mm-hmm. and sexuality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, I grew up in a house with my mom. And I think I'm, I don't know how we got here, but we got here. My mom, we grew up in a, in a household that, you know, sex, we discussed it. Like it was a conversation. It wasn't taboo. Um, granted, my mom was an outsider, an outcast in church. Like she was considered, you know, you know, a rebel and, and all that kind of stuff. But we had conversations about it. Like all the time, my sister worked at a, at a clinic. So she had condoms all the time. Uh, it just wasn't taboo. Um, but I've met a lot of people growing up in church where it was like they couldn't even have conversations about sex. And I was that person. I wasn't out there trying to get it because it was just so the conversation was so, so normal. Right. Where we know some mm-hmm. people it's like taboo and you shouldn't do it. Now it's like the forbidden fruit. Let me go out there and do it and see what it's like. Right. And you're um, not, you don't have counsel or you're afraid to tell people you don't know mm-hmm. about protection or how to make a good choice. And no one's talking to you about enthusiastic consent. How do you know if it's even what you wanted and what consent looks like? We're not having the most important conversations <clears throat> because we're afraid to broach the topic in general. And I think even bigger than sex and sexuality, I also talk about a lot about gender roles. Like I would say Ooh. my mom was a little bit on the outside at church because she's a pediatrician. She's a doctor. And mm-hmm. there was so much narrative about a Proverbs 31 woman is one who's 
at home with her children and raising them and putting the focus there. I T.D. Jakes recently did a sermon that I had a incredibly difficult time with where he talks about women should not be climbing the corporate ladder and women were not created to pour into men. It's not how it works physically. So that it's clip, that yeah. how it is spiritually That's and off. just who your, your role is a woman. And I definitely feel like with faith, there was so much of questioning myself because I do feel like my gifts and talents have led me towards writing and reading and studying and all types of academic pursuits where the church might say, well, that's not your role. Your role is just to get married, pop out children's and to stay home. So then there's a questioning of, am I even good enough as a woman? Mm, that's Because I think Josh and I both grew up in houses where our mothers were strong, strong. independent, yeah, hardworking. Sure. Um, and Josh has, has both parents uh, and his, his like, I want to tell you, Robin, Rogers is like an amazing, you know, intelligent woman who gets things done right. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's just interesting within right. that that uh, some people believe that and isn't intimidated by that at mm-hmm. all. And you so have it's a, so, a dad, dad, like, yeah. Dad so great. like, it's like I don't know. I, I know I I know one. I have a privilege of both parents, but I also feel like you know to a certain extent there's that anomaly because those type of lessons is like because his mom was very much. You know, grew up mm-hmm. in, born in the late twenties, grew up as a let me lived her life as an independent woman, worked, right? Only had two children. You know, back then they were having 12, 13, 14 kids, <laughs> and she decided to pursue her career um mm-hmm. out, you know, and not be at home and do these different types of things. So I that wasn't my reality. So when I hear it, I'm even more it's bothered and flabbergasted and confused and like, you know, why why as a man do I why am I? Why should I be intimidated by the strength of right. this woman? And why am I trying to insert, you know, whatever control I think I have over how she lives her life and and navigates her reality, right? As as a woman, as a human, and all these, yeah. So and, it's, oh, and, it, and so on a much. on a deeper note too, like my mom's a pediatrician, so some of the same men and women who would feel some type of way about the fact that she's dedicated her life to send their kids, kids to her. Send their kids and, and, or, or, or come at our, to our house at 2 a.m. Like Dr. Williams, I really need your gifts because my kid is sick. So, right. w- so when you get to use her gifts and it's convenient, it's a blessing. But when you're in church talking about the role of a, of a woman, it's a sin. Uh, I just, that was a little, little Peter people. I'm going to say that, <laughs> that way. <laughs> Uh, it's little little Peter energy. I'm just gonna say that because we don't do a lot of deep stuff on here. But yeah, that's that's all it gives to me. It's just small. I'm gonna use ego, mm-hmm. ego energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and great conversation. Uh, we've been on here talking great conversation. We got you got to come back and, and kind of do this. We, we this got again. to yeah. Because <laughs> listen, I feel like you are <laughs> you've been a part of this podcast for years <laughs> because clearly the the mesh the um the conversation has been great for and sure. i think we probably could have this conversation literally for hours and hours because every point that you made uh, has been great so hours and hours no that. money long though <laughs> right no, no, hours and hours <laughs> listen we grew up in the same environment that's the crazy thing like, again like same story same background uh and that's that's pretty pretty great all right um so before we head out and uh, one more round of culture code. Does that sound good? Or, or... let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. All right. So I'm gonna ask a question. This is really for my uh, friend of the podcast, friend of real life, Jace, uh, Chris, Chris Vermont. Um, who is the better singer, J.C. Chazé or Justin Timberlake? Um, Justin Timberlake. I'm a JT <laughs> fan all day. I, I I can't even. Yeah, 
I got to say Justin. All right. Chris is probably punching the air. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> we have the conversation that, you know, if JC looked better, he probably would have a better career. Uh, Justin you're not, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not attractive. And, Look, and I'm, I'm like, biased. I'm admittedly biased. I had posters of Justin all over my wall. Like, come I on. I get it. I get it. Justin was, was the, that dude. Was he was the heartthrob of of the, the group. Like the rest of them did not look attractive in any way. Like anyway. Um and then he also went to the R and B bag, so he kind of transitioned. So he got well, we're not gonna really talk about him. that trans that <laughs> transition. <laughs> Because that's another like the, show too. You don't like the cornrows, Justin? You don't like because, that? No, because the real Justin came back out when the man came in the woods. <laughs> that's he true. Did. That's he true. Did. The receipts. That Nashville. That Nashville. <laughs> Justin Timberlake came out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Sweet grits or savory grits? It depends on my mood, but I'm a savory girl. Okay. All right. Yeah, Thank I like you. some cheese in my grits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. All right. That's you want to just eat porridge. Yeah. Porridge. <laughs> yeah. Pour my I, weed. I, like, I do feel like if I'm going to, if I want something sweet, I could do sweet grits, but I'd just get oatmeal or something. Yes. Like, oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. Oat, really, oatmeal cream of wheat. Yeah. Sugar. Grits. I yeah. had a uh, cheese grits and shrimp for, for dinner last night. It's amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Grits should be savory. Put, put some gravy in that thing. Salt, pepper, butter. sausage, some <laughs> shrimp. Make that thing good. Um, all right. Uh, Brunch or section slash club lounge? Brunch all brunch, day. Yeah. I'm a brunch girl. Bottomless mimosas. All, right. all day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good answer. And at this age, at inching this up age. on the mid thirties, if I could be in my bed by ten, that is the perfect hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? My right. my sister, she's ten years younger than me. She's twenty three, and she and her friends the other day were downstairs pre-gaming getting ready at 11 p.m and i was oh, like jesus what y'all doing getting ready to go out oh no oh no not a chance like i'm done I with do my it. frat brothers and i'm like tell me so i can nap from seven to nine right at least get up shower then then i'll be ready i'll be ready yeah because yeah, it's it happened i think me and joshua had gone up before like at late and that you gotta be prepared for that. That's not a hey, y'all. What you doing tonight? Let's go out. Like no. Mm-hmm. If I'm not asleep, I am fully invested in 100%. my hundred <laughs> Once my hair is wrapped, that's it. I'm not leaving the house. That sounds about right. All right. Um, one last question. Um, give me your favorite line of your favorite rap song. Mm. Oh, uh, I don't. I my favorites change a lot. Favorites are hard, but in in the vein of getting a little bit older, right now I would say sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. That's why you're the prettiest. That's why you're the prettiest. Hope that you don't take it wrong, because I would say in my younger years it was all about getting done up, doing my makeup every day, making sure my hair was done, and I have really started to embrace just the beauty and natural beauty. Mm-hmm. And I find that line in my head all the time. Like, yeah, black women are beautiful. I mean, all women are beautiful, but black women are beautiful. We don't have to do all the things. I love it. And and you kind of, uh, we, everything ties to insecure. And that was definitely a Drake line. And Lauren said that educated black women love Drake. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Look, he's here talking about, 
running on the treadmill, probably eating salad. I was like, how does he know my life? Like <laughs> Drake knows the educated black girl. He knows them. He that knows is, them. Aubrey knows his audience, man. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. All right. Before we head out the door, can you let the people know, I guess, where they can get the book and some things that are happening in the future for you? Yeah. yeah, you can get the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Bookshop, probably your local bookstore. It's available. Most places books are sold. So that's super exciting. If you get the book and like it, tell a friend about it, leave a review. That's incredibly helpful for new authors, especially authors of color, because it can be just really hard for us to break into the publishing space. Uh, what am I working on? I'm working on book number two, which is a fiction book. So it'll be completely different it's like a fiction sci-fi fantasy mm. harry potter type book with black characters oh. so yeah i mean i was a huge fan of black panther and i lo- i feel like we need more characters to dress up as i loved little mermaid i love comic-con and just that whole world Ooh. and i want to give mm. little black okay. boys and girls more characters to, to dress like <laughs> All right, give us like give us like a black Game of Thrones. That's that's why I'm yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, a little Game of Thrones, you know. Black people and dragons. I would love that. <laughs> Josh doesn't watch Game of Thrones. For, okay. Foreign to me, but I support it. <laughs> I support it. Me- medieval blacks. Medieval blacks. Yeah, we can we can do all the things. It's it's so sh- interesting that even when people are creating fantasy worlds, they still have a really hard time seeing black people. So I'm like, you can imagine dragons, wizards, orcs in your fantasy world, but black people, oh no. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) What are they? (laughs) Oh, this is an amazing conversation. All right, thank you very much for joining the the living room. Uh, Would it be okay if you want to stick around for a quick second till we talk about black person self-care? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. it. Woosa! Woosa! All right. Again, thank you, Kiara, for sticking around for Black Person Self-Care. So on this, though, for those that have not heard the show before, for those that are new to the podcast, right, uh, this is where we talk about what we're doing to take care of our Black selves, either emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is. So um, what are you doing or what have you currently been doing or whatever it is uh, regarding uh, taking care of yourself? Uh, not answering my phone all the time when people call. I used to have this Mm. bondage where I felt like if people were calling or texting, I had to respond right away. Mm. And learning to say no, I've said no has become my superpower. And Mm. it's given me so much of my time and energy back, like just saying no to people's requests to meet up real quick or no to, do you have capacity to talk right now? Actually, I don't. So yeah, no, no is my, my currently my favorite word. And I think it's just been the biggest piece of my self care, but I'm also really big on like lighting candles. I love smell. I think smell really sets the tone. Mm. Good stuff. That is so good because people have been wearing this natural deodorant (laughs) over the summer (laughs) and the smells. (laughs) I I hate a BO. I just do. Uh, But Smell like outside. Listen, how do you wake up smelling like outside? Because there's no aluminum in your deodorant. Right. I, I know it may kill us a little bit quicker, but at least I will smell good on my way down to death. Um, I'm very loyal to Dove. I love Dove. Listen, Dove plus men care and the aluminum. Don't give me that zero percent <laughs> stuff. Uh, what am I doing? No. So one of my closest friends' birthday is this week. Um. So his twin is coming into town. So I'm sure they're going to be full of the shenanigans. So to that point. I am going to be napping a lot Friday so that I can prepare to be in the streets with them on Saturday and then recovering on Sunday. That is my self-care. Brian, how about you, Brian? Uh, going out of town, but not for work. Because uh, you're always quick. out of town for that job. 
I told you telling people you got a family. <laughs> I do. I'm going out of town with my family. I take my mom with me this time, so I'll allow my mom to enjoy some time uh, to hang out with some family and friends. So I'm excited that's about That's lovely. That. I love it. Me too. I need it. And that's it. All right. All right. Uh, so again, thank you very much. Josh, want to say anything before we uh, head out? No, no. Thank you so much, Kiara. We for sure, like you were all up in some of our future episode notes. So all, all in it. This invitation is coming. So just know that. And you're always welcomed. Um, in the and, don't, and don't tell us no. I know. Right, don't no tell us no. Right now. Just <laughs> tell us. Let, let us know what the yes is on the calendar and we will align. <laughs> y'all, y'all are so easy to talk to. It didn't even, it wasn't work. It wasn't energy, which is the best conversations. We appreciate Aww, that. And it makes that. us makes us feel good over it. Makes it us does. blush on this brown skin. We Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon. I'm um, Brian. You ready to head on to the next segment? I'm ready to do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Good people, we are here at the post office box, and Rodney Jenkins has does has done. Oh my God, he has done what he always does, and that's oh deliver our letter on time. The devil trying to trip me up, but He's I won't. Trying. I won't. I won't let that nigga win. That uh, devil is alive. I won't let him win. Go back to hell, Beelzebub, um, <laughs> Lucifer, <laughs> Lucifer, <laughs> you slew footed nigga, you. Uh, <laughs> oh, slew foot. Did the say in California used to? Say don't let the devil ride, cause if you let him ride, he'll want to drive. Don't let the devil ride. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah okay, that's a, that's a song. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> he want to drive. He gonna want to drive, so you won't. Ain't got a license at all. A license or nothing. I get just listen. Anyway, but Rodney Jenkins has delivered that letter to the P.O. Box. And before we start reading it, we want to let you know that you too can be featured on the Jigsaw Podcast by writing your letter to us by to writing to ask the Jigsaw at gmail.com that is ask the jigsaw at gmail.com and where we we will possibly read your letter aloud we're going to give you a pseudonym because we respect your pronouns and your privacy and we're going to give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can get on cicely tyson's internet so with all of that being said understood and accepted brian who do we have and what do they want all right, pronouns, because we do believe we're spreading pronouns here on the Jigsaw Podcast. Pronouns. Uh, she, her. Okay. Um, Ernestine Hazel. Ernestine, what was it? Hazel. Ernestine, Ernestine Hazel. Hazel. Uh-huh. It feels like that name was familiar. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I felt when I said it, I felt like that's the name of a restaurant or like an authoress. Shout out to Maya from Girlfriends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She really I called herself like, an authoress. <laughs> I feel like Ernest Ernestine is the is the girlfriend from is so Ernestine is <laughs> hold on Otis's girl in the Temptations movie. I want to say Ernestine. Okay, and then Hazel is uh, Jermaine Jackson's girl's name mm-hmm. in the Jackson Five movie. I'm putting these things together. I see what you're doing. Two strong black miniseries. I'm gonna tell you where the hodgepodge information. I just searched it. It is the name of a restaurant in Memphis, <laughs> Ernestine mm. and Hazel. <laughs> so I, it was. I, I felt like I was like, why is this familiar in my brain? Okay, Look, there it is. Black. Mm-hmm. Ernestine is. Hazel. What she got? Ernestine Hazel. All right, Ernestine <laughs> Hazel says, "Hey guys, love y'all and the show. Well, we thank you. Thank you so Ernestine. much, love." Quick question, because I know you two love the television. Uh, if there was one relationship from Insecure that you wish would have worked out. 
which one would it be? Mm. Me and my friends recently binge watched the entire series again and had conflicting opinions. Personally, I wanted to see Eastland Daniel make it work. Thanks, Ernestine <laughs> Hazel. Okay. Um, hmm. Relationship that won't see work? Brian, you got anyone off the top? Did you they did a great job of putting the things together. Um, yeah. Even though I don't, even I think I said on an episode before, I feel like, you know, um, Molly and uh, uh, the pastor from Honky Be Love Jesus. Oh, um, Sterling. I forget his character. Sterling. Name, I think they, yeah. they, they, they could have made it. I she wasn't attracted to him, but they could have, in terms of his resume, her resume, they probably could have worked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause she ended up marrying a very similar. Yeah, she ended up. Anyway. Yeah, she ended up marrying somebody who who really fit her. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Issa and them did a good job of really. Yeah, I can see the Issa Daniel thing because I felt yeah. like they did. I felt like Issa and Daniel is an example of kind of like the. I won't necessarily say the one that got away, but you know how sometimes you're in a relationship. If you've been in multiple relationships before. Mm-hmm. And you dated somebody that you really loved, but it didn't right. work out. I feel like that was mm-hmm. them. Like they had, like yeah. they just had their time. I don't know that mm-hmm. they were forever bays. Um, right. uh, and then, like, I don't know that they were ever in a relationship either. I felt like they were smash buddies. I, th- yeah. I feel like they explored the possibility of a relationship, but I don't know that they mm-hmm. ever entered one. Um, I actually would have liked to see the dynamic between. Molly and Enterprise Bay, the dude who had got his penis sucked by a dude in college, and she broke. Oh yeah, well once he, yeah once she said that yeah, because he seemed like a solid dude when she finally quote unquote got over it. Like he had moved mm-hmm. on, of course, but yeah. I would have loved to see like how that challenge because you know Molly's Molly evolved right across the show, mm-hmm. and so I would have loved to have seen like how her evolution and his history, like what that would have looked like. I don't think that they were right. forever either, but I would have, it would have been interesting to see more of that. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's about all I got. Yeah. But I think <clears throat> to your point, bro, I feel like everybody ended up with who they needed to end up with. Cause yeah. what's McCall Tiffany was already married. Yep. And then Kelly was, Kelly got married or engaged. She got engaged at the end. Right. I feel like she got engaged. Yeah. Had like a child, didn't she? Or we point? announced that she was pregnant or something like that. At least. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And- and so then yeah. Issa ended up with Lawrence. She ended Everybody up ended Lawrence. up with somebody. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, and I think the... Oh, I'm getting stuck on Insecure. I think the beautiful part about it, though, was that Issa Rae didn't make the show's characters, specifically the women, like, about getting with a man. It was just right. how their lives ended mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think I loved about it the most. Because one thing we see... Uh, even in the living single, like a lot of those storylines were around how they navigated life, but also their pursuit of relationship. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Because Regine was always trying to find a man. Oh yeah, Regine. For, for to sure. Um, and then even Max, like she was the most independent. Like a part of her story was like the running away from relationships, mm-hmm. specifically Kyle. Um, yeah. Kind of knowing that he Kyle probably was the one, um, mm-hmm. and didn't want to. Accept that, but that's neither here nor there. But thank you, uh, Ernestine Hazel, and all we your friends. You. Um, maybe one day, bro, we have to revisit Insecure. We have to sit down and rewatch it and you know, do a reflection. Did it age well? 
you know, do we still like this? Does this still make yeah. sense? Do we did we see something different? Maybe that's an episode in a few yeah, years. We may have to, but um, I, in terms of why do I still like it? I just oh, I'm always love it. Recently. I'm a, always nigga, love it. that thing is immaculate. <laughs> it's such a good show, bro. It like, is. It is. It's one of the it's closest a, things in terms of television. One of the closest thing to perfection that we're gonna get. Yeah, it's definitely my top top three shows. Oh, for sure, time. of all time. All time. All, time. all right um you ready to get um to the greater conversation because i got something i want to talk about let's do it all right let me talk let me talk all right we're here to greater conversation where we get some things off of our chests and i say it all the time man tomorrow's not promised so cuss them out today josh is there some i feel like there's something you want to talk about yes. so i'm gonna i'm gonna lend the floor to you um, and get whatever you have to get off of your chest. So a bigoted racist white woman died. And a lot of people seem to care. <laughs> Her name is Queen Elizabeth. She ain't my queen. Mm. Her name is Lizzie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Who's your queen? Beyonce. Michelle Who Obama. <laughs> Robin Latifah. Rogers. Asher <laughs> Rogers. Queen Latifah. So many Mary other Blige. people. Mary J. Blige. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Queen Issa Rae. Rae. Issa Rae. <laughs> Shirley Ralph, Yvette Browser, <laughs> like so many people. Um, What's um, Grace Jones, Billy, Billy Porter? <laughs> Impossible! <laughs> Impossible! <laughs> when he, when that, when I tell you vibrato. that lives rent free in my brain. When I was watching that clip, and he said, "You know, when Houston just took it, you know, he got a little, he got a natural rasp." He said, mm-hmm. you know, Houston just took it to church. She, she said, impossible. I was like, <laughs> Billy, <laughs> that thing is so good. It is so good. And then the way he flicked his braids and it was so, and he like, it was like, didn't even think about it. He went into it, came right back out of it. Um, oh, hilarious. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Any, anyway, I feel like I just, oh my God, I got a second. I got a second thing I want to rant about and I'll do that afterwards. Um, oh, okay. Okay, right. but Queen Elizabeth died and part of me, like, I'm not ready to go Queen Elizabeth because she did. Um, but I, it's, it's to you blacks. Mm-hmm. It's to you blacks who are out here mourning uh, in heavy mourning and grief over this woman who has literally been responsible for the colonization of several black communities and countries and lands and people um, who has done wrong by them Um who cared very little about black people. And Mm -hmm. it seems like our uh, fascination with like whatever this Royal family is and and all those other kinds of things overwritten. Like we do not have to grieve our oppressors in that way. It does not mean that we have to celebrate their death and be happy that they're gone. But what it does mean is that I don't like outside of her family, you know, just the, my human reaction, my human empathy around them losing a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, whatever. Uh, like beyond that, I feel nothing. Like Elizabeth Queen Elizabeth dying, Brian. It's mm-hmm. like you going on Facebook and seeing right. that your high school best friend, sister, baby, daddy passed away. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. oh, okay, that's saying oh, okay. that's that was my experience. <laughs> Right. That was my experience for the people was like, oh my God, I just didn't, it was too soon. She was 96. Uh, right. Now I get it. Now, now part of me when she when I said she was 96, it made me think about it. I said, my grandmother's 96. And however, I don't, I believe my grandmother got as, as she would say, this is these are mm-hmm. her words, not mine. I feel like the Lord got a few more nineties left up in me. And I believe it mm. too, grandma. So we so we, we 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 in there. However, 
Um, I do. Und- I am cognizant enough to understand that my grandmother is living in her latter years. She lived. She's mm-hmm. lived a long, long, long right. life. And whenever the Lord decides to um, transition her, one of mm. the phrases that will never come out of my mouth is "gone too soon." Um, right. Maybe unexpected because she's in great health. Uh, I am going to be deeply sad and emotional, Brian. You need to come check on me because I'm gonna be a, a hot mess. Um, mm-hmm. But the "gone too soon" thing. No, and Elizabeth was sick, so it's like right. you know. Anyway, anyway, my point is, my point is, is that uh, mourning Elizabeth in the way that we did baffles me because it's almost like you're mourning Hitler. Maybe she mm. didn't have concentration camps. Maybe right. she didn't have all the things set in place where she was out loud. But her, her, her position validated racism, xenophobia, homophobia, all the prejudices and biases mm-hmm. that uh, has systemically held back people. And even in the ways in which she, quote unquote, in her country, tried to release country from colonization, like some of them had to pay their ways out and they couldn't afford mm-hmm. it, you know, so they were still. So I just I, I don't know. It's, you know, and, and I saw somebody from Jamaica was like, you, you're not from the Commonwealth, so you wouldn't understand. I'm from America. And, you right. know, again, not wishing death on Donald Trump, but if something happened to that man, the, there, won't, there won't be no grieving period for me. That's the way, Lord. It's going to be like, okay, dang, that man died. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, death is a part of the human experience. And I don't know that it, it's not going to be anything that I ever celebrate, but it is mm-hmm. also going to be one of those things that specifically with certain people, it is not going to move me. I don't right. care who the, I don't care how many Trump checks I cashed in the pandemic. It is not <laughs> going to move me. Second thing that I want to rant about real quick is why Nita Bynum just posted oh, that gosh. she is doing a four week prayer intensive for $1,499.99. Is she charging the people $1,500 to teach them how to pray? Right. Didn't you just do it for free? You took the words out of my mouth, which are in heaven. heaven. (laughs) Hallowed. Black people. Hallowed. Hallowed. Thy kingdom come. I will be done. Mm -hmm. Y'all say in earth or on earth. On, on earth, <laughs> in earth, I don't know. As it is in heaven, give us this day right. our daily bread. Daily bread. And here's the other thing: y'all say forgive us our trespasses. As we give our trespass, forgive those who trespass against us. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think that the other option where I heard people say, "Forgive us our trespasses," or "Forgive." There's something else that people be our debtors. We our debtors. Yeah, no. our debts. No, forgive us our trespasses. Did we forget the Lord's prayer? <laughs> I, 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 I don't pray the Lord's prayer. I, I don't pray, pray the I Lord's prayer. I, I call down. I heaven. know how to intercede. Listen, I don't mm. need to say the Lord's prayer. That's, like the, heard, That's just, like the beginner's class. I just heard Dorinda say, pray on Instagram today and said, Lord, keep us in the hollow of your hand. Now, that thing. If, you, if, no, if, nobody ever, if nobody ever asks for you to be put in the hollow of God's hand, you need to be prayed for again. <laughs> you know what that means? You're sitting right there. <laughs> mm. That's a shield around you. But anyway, that's all my right. God. Brian, you got anything? Um, I think I put it on. So it's, mine's more lighthearted. Um, the niggas that stand up on one of the plane lands, like, stop. Where you going? Like, I come on. I had experience my last plane ride. This lady had to be in her 60s. Came from the back and, like, power walked to the front and got stuck. I wanted to say, if you set your back down in the back. Yeah, you yeah, there's like, nowhere you there's can go. You, like, you're going to because eventually everybody in the front is going to start getting up. So you're going, even if you make it to a certain point, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. And I'm petty. <laughs> I'm like you, if, you're, if you're sitting behind me, I'm not going to let you go in front of me. I don't care what it is. 
it's not your turn. Like it's it's a it's an order of of planing and deplaning. It is what it is. Like like stop. Even if you have like a a, a flight that you got to make, that's a that's unless you know the plane was delayed tr- ridiculously. Most times, if the flight attendants they'll try to find the way to call the other plane and see if they can chill for a little bit. But what do you what are you in a rush for? You already been sitting down. Like I can see you standing up. But the folks who try to get up and try to walk, I just like it's too much. I don't like it. So yeah, it's it's stop it's, doing that. it's actually really silly because again, where you going? Where you going? And if 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 it would actually be fast if you just let, if everybody from the front just start and we just went row by row, mm-hmm. we could it'll if be everybody just, it'll be quick. Yeah, if everybody stayed in their seats because most people's bags are right above them, mm-hmm. so they grab their bag if they have mm-hmm. one and they get on off the plane. Because I don't I don't tear it. I grab my backpack. And I'm, yeah. and I'm out, and I stay in my seat until like the row in front of me when they start moving yep. is when I stand up. Me too. And then I can walk off. And I'm not going to yeah. stand crunched up like this because you got the you know you can't really stand all the way up because right. And then the people be in the aisle, <laughs> you're trying to get just the bag out of the thing, and they all on top of you, and you can't get your bag out. You just standing like chill, man. Mm-hmm. Like I hate because if I hit but, you uh, with this bag, then you're gonna think right. I did you wrong. Right. Um. But anyway, with that being That's said, it. that's the next step. This is another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. It we is. want to thank you all so much for joining us and tuning in. And shouts out to Kiara for coming in. And we I do. Mean, thank you. Kiara. Amazing. You, or we going to say, was one of our favorite guests. Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. And this, this ain't no fake humility or just to hype you up. Mm-mm. You were absolutely amazing. We can't wait to have you back in the Can't living wait. room uh, puzzle piece. We hope that you enjoyed our conversation with her. Um, but thank you all for for always tuning in and joining us and welcoming the people that we welcome yep. into the living room. Um, Brian, anything you got to say to the folks? Uh, that's pretty much it, man. We do appreciate all of our listeners, our puzzle pieces. We will be great without you, but we're you know greater with you. Uh, we'd appreciate all your love and support. Please go out there and follow us on all the social medias. I am Brian Hare. I am Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. The Jigsaw Podcast. Uh, check us out on the website, jigsawpodcast.com. What else do we do? Um, we're on every streaming platform regarding podcasts, so check us out there. Mm-hmm. Rate us uh, five stars or nothing at all. Leave a comment. Let us know how great we are. If there's a topic you want us to talk about, let us know. Hit us up in the DM. We may or may not talk about it, but we do plan out well in advance. Um, but I think that is it. Yeah, go out there and support uh, our guest in all her endeavors. Go ahead and follow her. Right, she's a black woman who believes in all blackness things. Let's go out there and support and follow her as well. Tell her the jigsaw sent you. Um, and before we head out, Josh, let the people know what they need and should do. Absolutely, all you can do is what you can while you can in the very best ways that you can. But in all of your doing, please Shonda. do not get caught. Woof, woof, don't say it, don't do that, Brian. <laughs> don't do I, I'm that. Not, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not easily stirred stir these days. Listen, I'm e- let me tell you what stirred me yesterday. I was okay. Let me tell you. I, I Testify. Actually, I actually went and listened to Donald Lawrence with the company and his Law of mm. Confession album. Mm. Reverend, that thing. Now, something now that back to Eden ain't biblical, but the rest of <laughs> that man, woo, that man, that man was in, woo, woo, don't get me stirred. That thing, because that, that, that Blanche McAllister, woo, <laughs> she was singing, a law is simply a principle. Based oh on a God. predictable consequence of an act. Woo! Mm. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! That thing is so good to me. My Man can, cannot live by bread alone. 
But by every word that does what, Brian? You know the scripture. Proceeds out of the mouth of God. No, 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 We had that yes. on a banner on Rock of Ages on the wall. <laughs> we, had, we had it on a banner wrapped in gold ribbon. You see what I'm saying? I came I up from it. an old school church. Anyway, God bless y'all. Don't get caught with your work done. <laughs> Have a good one. See y'all next week. Love y'all. <laughs>